0: What up, motherfuckers? It's your host with the most being Katie. You're tuned to Jam Planet Podcast season two, episode 14. Today, we're going to be reviewing the Lost Boys debut album, Legal Drug Money. And with me, I have the host with the most also Westside Jordan. What's up? All right, let's, without further ado, let's get into the history. So the Lost Boys is a group from South Jamaica, Queens. They formed around 1993. The members consist of Mr. Cheeks, who is the MC of the group, Freaky Ta, who's the hype man of the group, DJ Spig Nice. He's like the DJ, but he hasn't, like I was looking at his like production credits for the album, and I don't see any like any like any production done by him, which is kind of weird. I don't know pretty loose so he's kind of like the Jerobe white of the group he doesn't really do anything because I tried to find like rap verses with him on it and I couldn't really find anything he might be like the the background vocals or something like that but yeah so just like kind of focus on Mr. Cheeks and Freaky Talk so they originally I think they sold drugs yeah they did sell drugs but um they kind of like got tired of like that lifestyle because they didn't want to like sell drugs in the cold and they didn't want to have like any run-ins with the law, so they just decided to like form a rap group. And so, in 1995, they released their debut single, "Lifestyles of the Rich and Shameless," and this uh, was on the Billboard Hot 100. And then this single allowed them to get a record deal with Uptown Records. And then in ni- another single was released. And this single is for the movie, Don't Be A Menace to South Central While Drinking Juice in the, the Hood soundtrack. I think that's a really funny movie. I haven't seen it. It's been like a couple of years since I've seen it. Have you seen the movie?
1: No, I've not seen that movie yet.
0: Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's with uh, the Wayne Brothers in it. So definitely you should check it out. So yeah, so the single did really well. So yeah, the single that they released, it was Renee. The single did really good. It's like the biggest single to up to date. And this did like top 40, hot 100. And a year later on June 4th, 1996, they released their debut album, Legal Drug Money. And the reason behind this, um, the title for the album is that they're, they're kind of like comparing the rap game to the crap game and how like rapping is like a legal hustle, hence the word legal drug money. So they kind of getting legal money, if that makes sense. That was from, like, explained from Mr. Cheeks from, like, I think it was from, like, a Vlad interview. So, yeah. So, the producers on the album are Mr. Cheeks, Pete Rock, Mr. Sex, which is, like, I don't know why his fucking name is Mr. Sex. (laughs) (laughs) Charles Suit, Easy Moby, who did production for Ready to Die. And then Butt Naked Tim Dog. I'm not making this shit up, man. This nigga's name is Butt Naked Tim Dog. (laughs) i don't know what the fuck these niggas are thinking i don't know what type of name mr cheeks is either man <laughs> yeah a
1: lot of a lot of the producers on this um they have some creative names just to put it that way
0: exactly you're definitely not gonna forget that either there's like an interview like why mr cheeks got the name his like friend just called him mr cheeks and he just ran with it so yeah and then Dwarf the Black Prince. What the fuck? <laughs> Sounds like a fucking Skyrim character or some shit, man. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. And there are no guest appearances on there. We know there, there's actually one, but it's not credited. It is, um, I wanna say Big decks. Yeah, Big decks. The singles on the album are Jeeps, Lex Coops, Beamers and Benz, Renee, Lifestyle, The Rich and Shameless, Uh, music makes me high and get up. So let's get into the track listing. So the first track is Intro, it's produced by Mr. Cheeks. It's just Mr. Cheeks uh, talking about the Lost Boys. This is just skippable for me. So yeah, those are my thoughts on it.
1: Uh, Yeah, pretty much, it seems to be kind of like an introduction to their movement that they're trying to do through their music. That's pretty much what I got from uh, this intro. and i would agree that it's skippable it's not necessary
0: i agree another skippable intro so we get to track number two which is the urine produced by pete rock of cl smooth and pete rock fame he did some production for nas like every other rapper so he's a very big producer like the biggest producer on here um so this song is just talking about safe sex and this was on the America is Dying Slowly compilation album. I forget what year it came out. I think it came out like 95, 96. So around there. And what's weird about the album version is that Pete Rock does not have a verse on it, but I checked Genius and he says it has a verse on it. But I was looking at the America is Dying Slowly album and then Pete Rock has a verse on it. So I don't know why they did not incorporate Pete Rock's verse in here. So, anyways, I think this is a dope way to start off the album. I like the positive message, and this is just like a really dope beat. And the hook is very strong; it's very catchy.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree that the the hook is really good. The hook definitely gives a good description for the vibe that they're trying to create throughout the track. With I believe with like with with pretty much what they're saying in the in the in in the you know in, in the chorus and one thing that you'll definitely notice very early on is that between the two main MCs freaky ta definitely has the much more unique sound uh, he almost kind of reminds me of ODB like the ODB of this group yeah, in a
0: way I got that too. He actually has a verse in here. Cause he like usually serves as a hype man but like West said his ver his uh voice is very distinct. So is Mr. Cheeks, too. You know, it's very gravelly and very, like, brash and stuff. Kind of gives it, like, energy to it.
1: Yeah, most definitely. He does bring his own unique energy. And, you know, with his sound, he definitely, you know, with, with that kind of sound, you definitely need to pair it with certain kinds of beats and all that.
0: Yeah, I agree. This beat definitely fits the album kind of sets the tone because that it kind of had like a sing-songy harmony type of vibe. I'll talk about it later after the album review. It kind of separates them from like every other rap group at the time. In my opinion. Yeah. You have any more thoughts on this song? Nope. I'm ready to move on to the next track. All right, perfect. So we get to track number three, which is Music making Me High, produced by Mr. Sex and Charles Soup. And this is just talking about music and how music is a drug. That's what I got from it. Hence the word music makes me high. And there's actually a remix of this song featuring uh, cannabis and the dog pound. Another dope song. Very strong hook. Very catchy hook too. So those are my thoughts on it. It's definitely my top five.
1: Yeah, I really like the chorus on this track. It's got a more. This song has a more <clears> of <throat> like a boom bap, almost Wu Tang sound to it. Yeah. In a way. And I couldn't tell you the exact lyrics that were being said, but I did hear like a slight like biggie flow a little bit uh in one of the verses. You def- there was a slight like you could tell like it wasn't the whole entire verse, but there was a part of the verse that had a very strong uh it definitely gave very reminiscent of a biggie flow.
0: Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really see that but that's interesting that you brought it up because I was watching a documentary I think it was unsung on the Lost Boys and they're talking about how like biggie digged them and they, they were kind of they served as like the opening act for biggie so I just wanted to point that out. I'm glad that you said that
1: yeah there's definitely I think if you were to re, like if I were to listen to it like if we were both to listen to it at the same time I could point out the, the part in which you can really hear. The biggie low.
0: All right, definitely I'll give it a look afterward I'm listen to it together. Yeah. Another dope song, too. And what you're gonna notice is that the first I wanna say the first five songs are just the singles, which is really kind of smart too. It can kind of be risky at the same time, too. I'll talk about it later on in the album. But yeah, those are our thoughts on uh music makes me high. So we get to track number four, which is Jeeps, Lex Coops, Beamers and Vince, produced by Easy Moby. A braggadocial song is just talking about where they're representing where they're from, which is the hood. This is a dope song, another strong hook, another catchy hook.
1: Yeah, really. I, I this song kind of has like a has a block party sound to it. Yeah. And Due to the block party sound to it, you could really hear the camaraderie between all the members, mm. um, and I, I definitely I, I thought that this song was a pretty strong song also, um, uh, and I always and I always really like the I always like a good block party sound.
0: I agree. It just kind of gives you that like that club energy and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and also kind of takes rap back to its roots.
0: Exactly, and I like in the song also how they kind of shout out where they're from. You know, they're just kind of giving props to, like the ladies in the hood, the men in the ladies, just people just living in the hood. You know, I think that's yeah. You're gonna see a lot of that too, like in a lot of the like songs, they kind of shout out their their like neighborhood, where they're from, like at the end of the song or like in verses and whatnot. So yeah, I think this is another strong song definitely a classic song in my opinion because I, I do hear this a lot when when people when people say boss boys they think of um jeeps lex coops beamers and Benz. but yeah another dope song <clears throat> so we get to track number five which is lifestyles of the rich and shameless produced by easy Moby. and this is talking about kids jack and val and Yvette selling drugs and getting rich and then in the last verse it gets a little introspective because mr cheek's reflects on his life about like selling drugs and how he turned his life around and made music. And this is another strong song, Dope Hook. And I do, my favorite lyrics are actually the hook. The hook goes, uh, lifestyles of the rich and shameless, some die with the name, some die nameless. And I think that's a very like, it's simple, it's a simple hook, but it gets straight to the point. It's a very like deep meaning too to kind of show you where like they're from, like where their mindset is. So yeah, another strong song in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, when I listened to this song, I could just tell that this song, uh, no matter what people's opinion, uh, not not no matter how it lies in in history, whether it's well known or not well known, um, I think that this song is a, is like an immediate is a, it should be should when people first hear it it should be an immediate classic. Yeah. Um. You know, just like you said, that chorus is just, I agree that the chorus is really strong and just gives off like that this immediate uh like classic vibe to it not like it not that it's an old song but you know what I mean like you hear this you can tell yeah. that it's an instant classic and that that this song uh, like should just be I could see why it was a single because it's definitely a super strong song with a super strong message mm. and that chorus I think is like a genius chorus and kind of like you said shows their point of view on you know the upper class of society and how just just, just like the pursuit of all of that kind of stuff and I think that the song is not only is it a really good song but it's also a really intelligent song at the same time
0: yeah I agree too yeah you said you said it best like this song should be an instant classic just from that hook alone That yeah that's a very memorable hook
1: that hook is just it's it's amazing in my opinion. It's it's one of the best hooks um, we've listened to all season on this season.
0: I agree. Probably rap history too. Like this Yeah, I would definitely my... No, you you, go you, ahead. you can go I
1: was gonna say that like you know this this that like this chorus, you know, I, I would definitely agree that it's definitely one of the best choruses I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think this should be on like the level of like Cream or any other hook that's very famous. You know?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. All
0: right, so another dope song. So we get to track number six, which is Renee produced by Butt Naked, Tim Dog, and Mr. Sex.
1: <laughs>
0: Interesting. Name.
1: Interesting duo right there.
0: I know, right? <laughs> yeah, Butt Naked, and yeah, Mr. Sex, <laughs> yeah. So the song is about um, Mr. Cheeks meeting a girl, Renee, and he falls in love with her and she gets shot for no reason. So this actually is a very, like, this is a really dope song, classic song. When people think of Lost Boys, they they particularly think of Lex, Jeeps, Lex, Coops, and Beamers, and Benz, and Renee. Renee's their biggest single to hit. I think this is a classic storytelling song. In My opinion, this probably is going to be my, I don't know, it's definitely my top 100 hip-hop storytelling songs. I haven't really put a gauge on it. I just think it's a very it's a very powerful message on like, it's kind of like commentary on like the ghetto, how like, even if you're you're living in the ghetto, you might not be doing dirt, but like some you might be like an innocent bystander of your own surroundings. You're just at like the wrong place at the wrong time. And it really sheds light on it. And I do have some uh, favorite lyrics. Um, a ghetto, ghetto love is the law that we live by. Day by day, I wonder why my shorty had to die. She started feeling on my chest. I started feeling on her And There's no need to stress the rest to kind of give it like some like camp to it, like to make it funny. But I, I definitely think this is a very deep song and it's very interesting in my opinion. It's a very good song. I'll
1: definitely second that opinion. It's, it's, such a, it's such a great story, it's a great piece of t- storytelling in hip hop that uh, I think goes, I think it goes over a lot of people's heads. Um, and one thing I will note that like the very beginning of this track kind of reminds me of like Chicago drill sound in a way. Um, yeah. It just kind of like that, like like that high pitched riff that they have at the beginning is very reminiscent, like not reminiscent because this is before Chicago Drill. It's very, it sounds very Chicago Drill like, um, yeah. but, and it's it's such a good song. I think this is like this is also one of those songs that I could definitely see why this is one of their most popular songs. And for once, I would say that you know it is one of because uh, you said this is the their artists, um. Uh, yeah more popular songs, but also I wouldn't say it's overrated either. Um, which, you know, sometimes it's kind of rare when something's just like so popular, people are like, oh, well, you know, other tracks are also really good, but I can see why this is definitely one of the favorite tracks.
0: I agree. And it it's like what you said, it's like one of those songs that doesn't get like overplayed or doesn't become like annoying. Because there are a couple songs where it's like super good, but you just hear that shit all the time. You just kind of want them to, like, listen to something else from that artist. I definitely think this is not the example of it because it actually is really good, really strong song. And it kind of sounds like, the song kind of reminds me of, um, what's that song called? Help Mary by uh, Tupac. It kind of reminds me of that beat. I'm not sure if you guys. Yeah, I can
1: that. kind of see that. Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah. Just of how, like, dramatic it is, you know. I definitely think this is like one of the strongest, like produced songs on here. And it definitely made my top five. Did it make yours?
1: Yeah, it made my top five.
0: All right, perfect. I'm on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we transitioned to track number seven, which is All Right, produced by Big Dex, featuring Big Dex. No pun intended. This is an All Right song. I could have done without it. I didn't, the beat to me is kind of weird. You know, I don't know how to describe it. It's just very like, off putting for me. I don't really dig it that well.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree that this is probably one of the weaker tracks. Yeah. Um not saying that it's a horrible song. It's not I wouldn't say it's like a complete myth, but it's definitely not you know, it's not one of the upper echelon songs on this album. Um yeah. I would say, I think like the main problem is that like like I, I just don't think that their flow mixes well with the beat 100%. So there is that, I think that, I think that that is the main issue with this track, just the whole, you know, beat and flow, it just isn't fit the best. So, yeah, not one of the strongest songs on this album.
0: Yeah, I think it's an easy, forgettable song, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I would I would say it's not, it's not one that I'm gonna immediately go back to.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like the the first the first six songs. No, first five, I should say. It's really hard to, it's a really hard act to follow, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that's our opinion on all right. So we get to track number eight, which is illegal drug money produced by Big Dex once again. And to be honest, I like the beat better that we heard like through that like little intro, uh, interlude or whatnot, you can say like when the, the chick was like interviewing them and stuff. I didn't really care for the, the beat for the song. I thought it was okay, it's very like bland to me. It's not a bad beat, but it's just very bland. So another forgettable song.
1: So yeah, I feel like the beginning part was kind of like a, it's, it's, it's skit-like, but it's a good skit because it explains the the title of the album so i think that it does definitely tie into the album um but i I would definitely have to agree that this is not one of the more memorable tracks on the album there are definitely better tracks to listen to like when i think of this album i don't think of this song which is kind of funny because this (laughs) is the song named after the album
0: the title tracks yeah yeah that's why i'm kind of not I'm not the biggest fan of like title tracks because like you, you like base your, how do I say this? Like the album be like the same, the same song as like the, the title of the track. And like that song will not be good at all. You know what I mean? So kind of, it doesn't really make sense to name the album after like a mediocre song, in my opinion. Yeah. They should have just left the song out like completely. It's not a bad song. It's just underwhelming song, in my opinion. You yeah. know?
1: Yeah, when you have a title track, you're definitely, you run that risk because that title track should be one of the best songs in the album because you're pretty much, a lot of people are going to look at that title track and have really high expectations for it because it is the title track, so therefore you're going to think that, you know, the most production went into that track, all this stuff, they're going to think a lot about that track leading up to it. Uh, I certainly did when I was into the album and you know, it, it's not a bad song, mm-hmm. but it just, you know, it just, it lacks, it lacks, you know, it's not good. I, I feel like it just lacks the, the quality to be the title track,
0: in my opinion. I definitely agree. Like, that's risky doing that, honestly. Like, doing the title track, I think it should be left off, or you should have like a couple people listen to it before you put it out, because. Like critics are gonna look look through the album, not like average like album listeners. They're gonna kinda judge it of how good like the title track matches the title of the like album. So yeah, you have to be really careful with that in my opinion. So yeah, those are my thoughts on this song. So we get to track number nine, which is Get Up, produced by Mr. Sex. This is a party track. I think this is a dope song and dope beat overall. I think it's way better than the um the previous two tracks
1: that we had. Yeah, I would agree. I really, once again, we're back to the block party vibe on this album yeah. and the lyricism I also think is really strong on this track too. So, yeah, I like the song and I like the, the, the block party vibe that they have to it. Yeah.
0: All right. So we get to track number 10, which is, is this, is this the part produced by Easy Moby? And this is a song about um, a girl cheating on Mr. Cheeks. I think this is a solid song, not bad, but I would say this is one of definitely Mr. Not Mr., but Easy Easy Moby's uh, weaker produced songs on this album. I wish it kind of turned down the, the, um, the volume on the song because you can barely like kind of hear like what Mr. Cheeks it says like the the song volume is on the same level as the um as him rapping so it kind of drowns out his like his vocals kind of get mixed like throughout like the the production of the song if that makes sense so yeah
1: yeah I could definitely see that I could definitely see that as a good critique this has, I feel like the storytelling, if you listen to the lyrics, you can tell that the the storytelling is really strong. And yeah, I think that the Lost Boys, as a group, their storytelling is kind of underrated. Yeah. So, you know, it's not something I was necessarily expecting going into this album, so I would have, I think that, yeah, their their storytelling is really strong. Um. But I could definitely see that point of where, you know, the beat could be a little bit too loud and so the lyrics just don't come through as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. So yeah, we get to uh, track number 11, which is Straight From The Ghetto, produced by Butt Naked, Tim Dog, and Big Dex. Big Dex, I think it is, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, So it's basically talking about the ghetto. Solid song to me. The hook is kind of a little weak in my opinion. So yeah. Uh,
1: for me, I really like this song. Uh, this song has a really good vibe to it, and it definitely is one of it's. It's another one of those where they're talking about their neighborhood, and they're also getting very introspective about it, making it personal more than just a neighborhood. Yeah. Um. You know, I think that's always good. It kind of, it kind of gives the neighborhood, it kind of like humanizes it a little bit and, Mm -hmm. you know, just gives it a personality that maybe a lot of people don't see because, you know, I've never been to Jamaica, Queens. So it definitely helps put you in that world.
0: Yeah, I agree. I definitely like the, I do dig the subject matter on here. Just, like, them, kind of, like, what you said, humanizing the hood, kind of giving it, like, its own own life and all that. It's kind of taking, like, the listener through, like, the area and all that. So, yeah, another strong song. So, we get to uh, track number 12, which is Keep It Real, produced by Big Dex. And this is another introspective track. And then Cheeks is uh, reflecting on his time growing up in the ghetto. I think this is a really dope song. Definitely a strong song up here.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree that this is a really strong track. I really like the production. The, the team that produced this song did a really good job. And I really like the transition from verse to verse. Uh, yeah. You know, because, like, they have, like, little pauses from each verse to verse. And I think that that was a good touch. Sometimes those little pauses can be a little weird, but they did this on this, on this album really masterfully. So... Yeah, I definitely like this track a lot.
0: All right. Another dope song from him. So we get to, and this, I want to say this was a single. No, it wasn't. Okay. Everyone. Let me see. Next. No, it wasn't. All right. So uh, we get to track number 13, Channel Zero, produced by Big Dex. Another, this is probably one of the deepest tracks on here. Like I really fuck with this song heavily. So I, this is not in my top five, but I really like the song anyway. So it's just basically talking about like the problems like black women face in America, and it's basically just about like racism, like like black people in general face. And this is a dope song, and they do take a shot at Marky Mark. If you guys don't know who Marky Mark is, he was like a Mark Wahlberg, because <laughs> Mark Wahlberg used to be a rapper, so they call it, they kind of call him out for being like a wigger, because like, he's, he's like trying to act all like he's from the ghetto, even though he's not, so that's what really stood out to me. Yeah,
1: I really like this track, I really like a lot of the, the issues that they touched on, and the lyricism they also did that with, they touched on some serious subject with great lyricism while still keeping on the, while still maintaining, while still maintaining that subject, and uh, you know I like how they addressed cultural appropriation and you know it def- at that time it was definitely you know something that was kind of you know with hip hop culture increasing, that was definitely becoming increasingly more of an issue with people kind of you know act like you know, black culture and stuff like that is their own and just kind of, you know, kind of like, it's kind of like a case like people where they like the culture, but then like, they don't seem to care about like the social issues that come with it. So they definitely address that issue. And I really like that. Um, I really like the social justice aspect of this song. And I thought that the production on this song was also really good. And for me, this was definitely one of the, this was definitely a really good track of the album. Uh, another Everybody really good track. About- yeah, I made my top five.
0: Okay. Yeah. I agree too. I don't, the thing is, I don't think like people are going to come to listen to the song just because it's not like they just want something like easy to listen to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not trying to yeah. sound like, like a smartass or anything, but this one's like more of a deeper song. You're not going to like play this shit out of party. <laughs> I definitely fuck with the song. Though. Yeah,
1: that that for me is what makes a song good is that it's not just your average song. Like, you're not just gonna, you can't just, like, put it on and just not listen to it. You gotta, I feel like this is definitely a track that I feel like you gotta listen to because it's definitely worth it. Yeah, I
0: agree. It's a very underrated song on here. Yeah. But Sally gets overshadowed by the singles and stuff like
1: that. Yeah, I would agree.
0: It definitely it shows them like the versatility, how they can have like party rhymes, and then they can talk about like certain like social issues going on in America. So it kind of gives it like a balance, you know what I mean? It's not done in like a corny way; it's actually done in a pretty serious way, you know. I have to congratulate, yeah, yeah, Mister Cheeks for going all out. So we get to track number fourteen, which is the game produced by Big Dex once again and his talk about drug dealing, solid song. I'm not a fan of the hook. I think the hook is weak, but overall I think it's a solid song. I definitely think um, Lifestyles of the Rich and Shameless is like a better, um, I guess you could say a better song talking about like drug dealing and all that. So yeah.
1: I would definitely agree that the Lifestyles of the Rich and Shameless is definitely a better uh, take on the concept. And however, I disagree with you on the chorus. I like the chorus on this track. I didn't find it as weak as you did. Um, and I also feel like the lyricism on this track was pretty good. But once again, I also agree with you that uh, the, life, the Lifestyles of the Rich and Shameless is, I mean, that's just, it's a really good song. It's really hard to, uh, you know, make a song of the same, you know, with the same subject and make it as good as that track.
0: Yeah. Pretty. So we get to we get to track number 15 1 two, three, produced by um Dwarf the Black Prince. <laughs> what an interesting name. Uh, this is a freaky to solo track. I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of it. I know a lot of people I was like reading reviews on it. A lot of people dig this song. I'm not a, I'm actually not a fan of this song. I think the hook gets really tiresome real quick. The beat was okay, and this is a song I could have done without, in my opinion. You know, I tried to like it, listen to it, but it didn't really stick with me. And it's way too long. It's like what seven minutes, six minutes. Yeah,
1: I, pretty, I think it's like six and a half minutes. Yeah,
0: exactly. This is so, it. all right, you got you, you good. Yeah, I was just going to repeat what I said, but I just realized that I didn't really said it. <laughs> okay, I was just
1: making sure I didn't want to cut you off.
0: Now you're good
1: with it. No. This song has like a really eerie sound to it. And once again, it also has this like Chicago Drill sound to it a little bit. Um, like in the beat a little bit. Like obviously Chicago Drill hadn't been made yet. It wasn't even concept yet, but it has a slight. Like I could see the influence from this a little bit. Um, i feel like the beat was really good for freaky ta you know freaky ta sounded like he was definitely in his comfort zone with this track yeah um, yeah i can agree that it didn't make my top five or anything it wasn't you know it wasn't one of the more standout tracks for me i would have to agree with you on that one
0: agreed so you like the song huh
1: overall i think it's a good song i don't I I think you dislike it more than I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Different opinion. That's why we have the Jam Planet podcast Difference of Opinion. (laughs) Yeah. So we get to the last track on here. Lifestyles of the. No, track number 16 Lifestyles of the Rich and Shameless remix produced by Mr. Sex. You guys know how it pisses me off. I talked about this in like Wu Tang Clan, um, the Cormega album review. We Tin Clint actually did it good, so I'm not gonna really shit on them or anything. But you guys know how I'm not a fan of doing remixes for the last song. I think it's completely lazy. I think it's uncreative. I don't know why the fuck they do it in a you can't sometimes you can't capture the magic of the original song. This is exam this example of remix not being good. I think the song overall is okay. And it's not the worst thing, but I could have freaking done about it, man. I think you should have probably ended off on the game, in my opinion. We would have called it the day. So, yeah. Not a strong ending.
1: So, yeah. In comparison to the original, definitely, like you said, doesn't capture the same magic. Um, and I think they slowed down the cadence a little bit. Which I did not like as much, I was not down with the uh, kind of slowing it down. I thought that that was not the smartest move, and I definitely and I. But I feel like the because I believe they definitely used a different beat. I feel like they the did. beat was good. The beat was good that they used. However, the problem was was that I'm not sure if the song fit the beat the best, yeah. and um i would if they because they obviously took the time to make a new beat i feel like they should have also taken the time to you know make a different make a new song with that new beat uh so that's my thoughts i definitely thought that you know the beat's good but should not have been a remix. should have been a whole new song
0: i agree the beat's not that bad but it's kind of it loses points for me because it's just like a remix the same retread the only thing they did differently is they um they did like a whole new first verse and then they kept the second verse the same from the original they used uh, Yvette as example they just cut off the other people name they were talking about in the original one. so i just wanted to kind of highlight that so yeah those are our thoughts on uh do you have any final thoughts for track number 16 um nope i think i got all my thoughts out on that perfect so this concludes our uh, track listing track review and track listing of uh, legal drug money by lost boys so what are your uh, closing thoughts your rating your top five songs or if you'd buy a burn it go for it
1: so i would definitely say that the lost boys is a really good cohesive group they know how to work with each other they know what Works, what doesn't within the group, and you could tell this very, very immediately from their debut album. Um, and this is the only album I've heard from them, so maybe they totally fall off later. I don't know, yeah. but um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I could definitely see why Jay Z shouts them out in the blueprint. He does, yeah, he mentions them. I forgot on what track, but he mentions like the Lost Boys breakup. He, he, he brought that up in one of the songs. I didn't even know that. And then you know, they definitely bring hip hop back to its roots a little bit with the block party sound. And overall I feel like the album is really cohesive and I feel like there was no major like big misses with any of the tracks. A lot of their weaker tracks, most definitely. But it's overall there was no like man that was a horrible song it was more so like the worst songs are songs that you say like "Eh, it was okay you know yeah like the worst songs are it's okay um and so overall i thought this album was really good so i gave it a 9.5 out of 10 and i would probably and as to whether or not you should buy it or burn it i would say buy it this is i think this is the first time i ever said this i would say buy it this is definitely worth the buy um I feel like it would definitely fit a lot of different people's styles and rap. I think that it's, I feel like it should be held up a little bit more in the upper echelon of rap albums. Um, like I would, like for this time when it comes to New York, I mean, yeah, I would probably still put it below like Illmatic and stuff like and Wu-Tang Clan, but you know, I think it should be held with a little bit more respect than it does. And uh, to get to my top five songs, for five is Stay From The Ghetto, four is Keep It Real, three is Renee, two is Lifestyles of the Rich and, Fam- Rich and Shameless, and number one is Channel Zero. Okay, all
0: right, interesting. I wasn't expecting you to give a nine or five, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, full of surprises today, bro. Can you tell me your songs one more time?
1: Yeah. So my top five is five is Straight From The Ghetto. Okay. Four is Keep It Real. Three is Renee. Mm-hmm. Two is Lifestyles with the Rich and Shameless. And number one is Channel Zero.
0: All right. Perfect. Okay. So, so my closing thoughts. I think Legal Drug Money by the the Lost Boys started off strong and lost tread around like the midpoint to the ending of the album. I think the song, the singles are stronger than the, the deep album cuts, so like basically the songs that weren't um, singles, my opinion. And the biggest problem that the, I guess the album faces is that the ear for beats, like some of the beats weren't like super bland for me. The weak hooks and the remix at the end of the song like that really pisses me off <laughs> And I think um I think Mr. Cheeks is a solid rapper. I would say he's kind of a C tier rapper. I don't think he's the best rapper. He, he even says he's not the best rapper either. He says it in uh, I want to say Lex Beamer's Benz song. I'm, I'm I know I'm butchering it. It's just a long ass title remember. <laughs> but um yeah so he's not the he's not the most technically proficient rapper who gives like he has like punchlines here and there but he's not like Nas or Jay-Z level. I know I always compare those niggas but when you're doing an album review you kind of have to like compare rappers to other ones, you know. So yeah, I think he's like an average rapper. But he definitely gets the job done. He's like easy to follow lyrics, witty lines, the hooks are very strong on here. He has like a unique voice and I like his chemistry with Freaky Top. I like Freaky Taz Incorporation, the group, He gives it kind of like an energy to it. Like kind of sets it apart from any other like rap group at the time. Because they have like a hype man and they kind of have like different energy. And I just like how they sing in harmony. Like everything just kind of clicks together. They kind of have like really good chemistry in my opinion. And so, um, yeah. So, I have no idea what the hell DJ Spig Nice and Pretty Blue contributed to the album at all. I just think they were just there for like placeholders. And I really like the subject matter on here. You get storytelling tracks, you get introspective tracks, you get political tracks, you get like party tracks and you get like, I represent the hood type tracks. <laughs> and I definitely, like I said, I dig their sing-songy harmony style. Rapping It's really different from other groups at the time. Cause I think they, they predated they kind of like, in my opinion, they they really um, were ahead of the time by that style because I don't think anyone else is doing that at the time, other than like Bone Thugs, but like you know what I mean by that. So yeah, sadly, this album for me gets like lost in the shuffle because like 1996 was a big year for albums, man. You got um you got Reasonable Doubt, AT Aliens, All Eyes on Me. It was written in the coming. Illadelph Half-Life Beats Rhymes of Life, Iron Man, Dr. Octacolingus, I think, Uh, Muddy Waters, Wrath of the Math, Iron Man, Firing Squad, and The Resurrection. So that being said, I will give uh, Lost Boys legal drug money 7.5 thousand problems out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, I took it from a hook I didn't like. I wanted to do something witty. So my top five songs on here are Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. No, Lifestyles, I can't even talk. Lifestyles of the Rich and Shameless at number five. Number four is Jeeps, Lex, Coops, Beamers, and Beam is Benz. Number three is The Yearn. Number two is Renee. Number one is Music Makes Me High. So before I before I give my buy a burn, I just want to say that rest in peace to um freaky talk because he died he got shot on like 1999 he died from they're at like a hotel and the dude mistaken him for someone and he got like shot in the head i want to say so rest in peace to him and then um spig nice is incarcerated because he did like a robbery because he ran out of money so so much tragedy in the lost boys so i guess hence the word lost boys right (laughs) i know that's kind of dark but you know shed light I think they got their name from the vampire movie because there's a vampire movie called The Lost Voice, which came out in the 80s. So I want to say that they got the name from it. Could be wrong, but I don't remember. So would I buy or burn the album? I would say stream it. Because I think there are way better albums out, in my opinion. The reason why I bought the album, because it was like $4. So if you if you find it for cheap, like $5 or under, I definitely think you should buy it. So yeah, those are my thoughts on it. So, do you have a hot take?
1: Yeah, I kind of just came up with it because I didn't have one before this, but then you brought up up a good point earlier, just now when you're you're talking about how this album got lost in the shuffle a little bit. uh, I just wanted to know, like, what do you think make, like, you know, great albums get kind of lost in the shuffle? That's
0: a good question. Jesus Christ, man, <laughs> that's really good, man. How am I gonna answer this? I would say, if you want, like, I'll give you a mainstream album. I mean, I'll give you a mainstream answer and I'll come back with other answers. So mainstream-wise, why I agree albums get lost in the shuffle is that some of the songs, they don't have like that mainstream kind of formula for beats to rhyming, and they don't like possess like audiences like, listeners, like, I would say, like, Joe Blow listeners, so they just kind of, like, sweep it under the rug, because, like, the beats are, aren't for them, um, the rhyming, like I said, and it's just, like, they, they kind of compare it to other, like, albums that have, like, really big singles that really blow up and all that. I definitely think what's weird is that Hot Boys has some hot singles on here, so I don't know why it gets lost in the shuffle, and also, you got to think, like, certain time periods too. Cause you have like really good rappers that are like way better rappers and like the rappers that dropped a really good album. You know what I'm saying? So they kind of compare that to like other rappers. And there's so many like so many great projects that come out in like a certain year that you just forget about the the good project. So they they focus on like the more like classic, memorable like hooks, like anything that's like a memorable project from their hooks, their features, their um lyricism and the production so I think that's why some albums get lost in the shuffle
1: yeah I definitely agree with everything you said um you know it all depends on the audience mainstream audiences can be very picky they can be very picky and random like I feel like it is there is a bit of luck when it comes to like Making like a hit record, a hit album, there is a bit of luck, like what's gonna strike at that time. Yeah. Uh, like, I feel like today, like, I, I guess if I have to use today as a good example, you know, if you're a rapper who wants to talk about conscience stuff and all of that, you know, which, you know, that's my favorite kind of rap. So, you know, yeah. I I'll always listen to that, but it feels like today, uh, people don't wanna listen to that as much. So, therefore, if you're gonna go down that route, you might not strike, you know, the like the mainstreams attention as much, which I think is kind of unfortunate today. Um, and so yeah, and like, you know, you like you said, and I think you were saying that how like the Lost Boys they had a unique sound for their time. So I just wonder if in this example, their unique sound just at that time Very just quick. didn't capture like that classic '90s sound that people like um you know so yeah and like that sing-songy rap has only really gotten popular in like the five last years. five years and this was yeah. released 25 years ago so yeah so I definitely think like you said I just think it was a timing for this one it was a, for a lot of the time it's a timing thing like you kind of got a you know you kind of got time well and also I feel like you know you gotta like with when you also have to have good promotion for an album too I think like sometimes people they don't know how to promote their music very well
0: yeah
1: and I think that that's definitely a contributing factor to why certain albums get lost in with time just kind of like oh because like at the time to- like maybe at the time yeah maybe it was kind of hot but you know maybe it was only a hot record in certain regions or just uh, amongst certain hip-hop like certain like you know hip-hop fans that liked a certain sound but it just didn't capture the whole entire it didn't it just didn't capture the whole like a whole community you know
0: yeah i definitely agree with you too is that like another point the sing song i like to kind of go back to the style like some of the styles like don't land for like the mainstream audience they don't dig it and then years later it's finally becoming like a very hot thing so I think it has to do with timing too because I think if they came out today they would be really hot you know just because like the sing-song style would be like really hot at the time and I also want to say that like I'm probably I think I touched this already but like other rappers like you're gonna get compared to other rappers like that are way better like, I like the Lost Boys. I know they're not the lyrical juggernauts, but this is at a time, 96, where, like, lyrical juggernauts matter. You have, like, people like no- Mob Deep. You have people like um, Cool Keith. You have people like Jay-Z or Nas. So you're going to get compared to those people. And I definitely think it is promotion, too. Because I don't know. I mean, this, like I said, this project has, like, really good like really good single probably the best singles on any other hip-hop album of all time because like each single like really clicked they had a lot of them too they had like five of them so it's just there's like one of those groups that like I feel like people just play like two songs from them they don't even know the artist you know what I mean they don't really dig into yeah. like deep album cuts so I definitely think they're plagued by like single syndrome where people just focus on their singles not necessarily like the deep album cuts in my opinion so it's kind of like it's really, it's really hard. Like, like you're gonna get compared to a lot of stuff, and like mainstream is picky. And a lot of these, a lot of the really good songs on here are conscious, and people don't want to hear that bullshit. I'm sorry, dude. Like, we live in a generation, and probably like back then, where no one wanted to hear that shit. Like, people just want party music or like easy digestible music. So it's gonna fly over people's head. They're not gonna really dig it because they're not gonna pay attention so much to how deep the lyricism they just want something to like party to they just want something that's short they just want something that's easy to be like digested and all that so i definitely think this has probably has something to do with
1: it yeah which is kind of unfortunate just i feel like you know rep should definitely take a more sometimes should be more conscious and i'm not saying every rapper has to be conscious that's fine like i'm not expecting it but you know I feel like the rappers are gonna rap about you know real stuff to get more respect by the mainstream because I feel like us as a you know people like you and I when we listen to rap uh, you know we don't just listen to party music we want to listen to all different kinds right yeah and I think that that you know and I, I trust me I don't listen to all conscious rap but I listen but I do listen to it right I I'm not, I'm not gonna be like oh I only listen to conscious rap I mean no that's not true I, I don't just listen to that I listen to all different kinds because as a true fan of you know rap you need to respect every single facet of it and so um, and so that's kind of unfortunate that people don't respect conscious rap enough um, and then I guess going back to I guess the question. Also, so is that uh, you got to also figure that the Lost Boys they come from New York. New York is heavy on, especially at that time, is heavy on like the the hip hop basics of you know a boom bap beat with mm-hmm. you know you know a good you know with good lyricism and just you know giving out, putting out really strong versus that's what you know a lot of new yorkers at that time new york was really big on that um and i think that because maybe they just didn't get enough love in new york it wasn't able to spread out to the rest of the country because new york is no matter you know i i love west coast but i also have to admit that you know the the east coast invented rap so therefore they at especially at this time they were definitely defining what rap meant
0: I definitely agree too. Like East Coast is very focusing on like rapidy rappers, you know what I'm saying. So they're gonna mm-hmm. focus on like really good, proficient rappers, and like skill and all that. So that's something that definitely has something to do with it. Too, they were they were hot at the time too. But I think they were. They just, the thing is, I feel like I know the album did good. I just feel like um they were just known for the singles. Like no one really paid their like album like any of mine because there are some like good rappers or like good rappers in general that just like people just know them for their singles and they don't really care for the album even though the album's like really good so i think this is like a a case of it you know what i'm saying because like the other like the the cuts on the album just very deep rich and like very introspective like the songs they did for um for um i should say the songs they did for singles they 're like they're good they're deep but they're not like super deep compared to the um album cuts like they're like like the radio people mainstream artists can just like like digest them in my opinion because they're like easy to follow along with' Cause like you you know song you know damn well songs like um what was that song on songs like channel zero like that wouldn't the mainstream would not eat that up or um songs like keep it real or whatnot you know what I'm saying so I
1: think this has something to do with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you yeah, know, I feel like this is a group uh, that would, you know, like you know, one of my favorite rappers, Lil Dirk, he would he would talk about it. This is a group that would go platinum in the streets, not platinum on the on the Billboard. Um, <laughs> you know. Good. Yeah, I think that that's that's like a perfect way to describe it. I feel like the streets would definitely, you know, like this group um, just because of what they talk about and just their sound. Um, But just like the mainstream just couldn't, you know, they couldn't pay attention to them for too long with, Mm -hmm. like you said, all that other stuff. And like, you know, you also have major passings at that time you know like you had biggie died biggie died you had uh tupac died easy died i mean just also like a lot of stuff was going on in rap at the time that i could see that this could get overlooked
0: yeah i definitely just like events happen like they do have mainstream appeal don't get me wrong but like i said they're just known for a certain group of songs not really for the album like I hear people just talk about the singles and not the, really the album. They don't really pay it any mind. I think
1: also to be, sorry, what you going to say?
0: They just have like a really interesting dynamic too. Just the chemistry, how like the just harmony and just like the hype man kind of vibe to it. So yeah.
1: And I guess another thing, I guess like my last point I want to make is that another thing that I feel like if you, in order to become like a really like, you know, hot artist, you gotta, you can't just string together a good few months or even a good year. You need to string together a good couple of couple of years, few years together, like J. Cole, he put together a couple of great years and now he's he's going to be known as a legend forever. Kendrick Lamar, same thing. Put together, Kendrick Lamar has put together a few great years. Um, you can't just do one iconic thing. You got to do a lot of iconic things in order to maintain the the you, in order to maintain the mainstream's eyes on you. Yeah. So that's that's. I guess that's my last point I want to make.
0: I agree. And I was like, I didn't bother listening to the other albums because I heard they weren't really yet that good. But, like, some of the songs I heard, they weren't as strong as these songs. Like, singles at the release for uh, Peace, Love, and Happiness and LB for Life, they weren't that strong. But there there was really a good song that I like that I think was better than all these songs I here. And that was um, Beats from the East. That was, like, I want to say Cannabis' debut on, like, Wax. And he, like, killed it. But that's not a mainstream song since, like, cannibal's lyricism is just like next level shit and had like red man on it a a plus and all that so i definitely think like they're sing. i don't think that was a single either so i, I just think their their singles like for the other albums the other album singles they're going to get compared to these and these these in my opinion these singles on this album blow the other ones out the water so it kind of made it like very inconsistent because they because people people are gonna judge these singles based on the next the next album singles and the next album singles didn't really hold a candle to the singles on this album. So I definitely think that's what kind of contributed to their downfall. You know, they weren't really consistent. They didn't really put out stronger music. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, you know, if you're, I think I got all my thoughts out. If you got all your thoughts out, I'm, I'm good.
0: Yeah, I got mine out, too. So this concludes season two, episode 14. We just reviewed Lost Boys' debut album. Uh, shit, I forgot the name of this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Legal Drug Money. Legal Drug Money. There you go. I was thinking about something else. So next time we see us, we're going to be doing season two, episode 15. That's going to be our finale episode, and we're going to be doing hip-hop news. So we'll catch you guys on the flip side.